uh, this has been such a great morning so far. Um, I'm loving all of this uh, content, and I, I hope that this has been helpful for you guys in um, equipping. Um, and so, yeah, this, this last hour, uh, we're going to focus in on um, the power of, of questions, and specifically, we're going to look, Suzanne's going to come up and talk through follow-up questions. But um, I think this is, this is paired so well with active listening. So we're talking about active listening um, for the majority of the morning. And it's like, you can't, you can't ask good questions if you're not listening well. Like the, the two go hand in hand. And uh, so the skill of um, listening paired with the skill of learning how to ask questions or ways to ask questions uh, really are like two foundational elements in leading and guiding transformational conversations. So um, we, we, can't, we can't have transformation or conversations that are going to lead to change that we want to see in people without, without having these two elements. So um, we'll, we'll get into follow-up questions here in just a moment, but I want to start off uh, just, just very high-level view talking about the power of questions. And, and why they are so powerful. Um, before we get into that, uh, some of the content I have is from um, this training group called Entrust. And so they have, um, it's just so much great content and I d couldn't include all of it. But uh, one thing they say about uh, discussion leaders and questions is, the effective discussion leader recognizes the power of questions and uses them to create a hospitable, inviting, stimulating environment that motivates participants to learn. Um, so that's, that's what we're, we're going for. You know, in our circles, we want them to be hospitable. We want them to be inviting. We want it to uh, not be something where we're just telling them what to think or, or what to believe, but creating a, a safe space for them to share where they're at. And then we can equip them along the way and line truth up uh, with them for where where they're at and help them um, in their their journey of of learning and growing. So uh, questions are powerful, and I've got three three points for this. So questions are powerful one because they invite participation and perspective. So uh, we've all I, I love Tammy's analogy when she's kicked this whole thing off. Um, you know what it feels like to be a hostage in a conversation, not even a conversation. <laughs> you're just sitting there and you are uh, being talked to, but you're not participating in that at all. And one of the best ways of being able to draw somebody in, invite them into a conversation is, is with question um, or through asking good questions. And so uh, good questions draw people into a conversation. And that's, that's what a group is doing. We're having a collective conversation together. And when we ask good questions, it's inviting people to come in. It's an invitation. It's a welcome. Um, and really saying, like, your thoughts are welcome here. Your feelings are welcome here. You as a person are welcome in this space. And we, we want that. <laughs> and as I'd say that, like, I mean, once you get into that, you could, like, uh, who knows what people are going to say or feel. And so there's, there's a, a lot of unknown in that. But I think that's where uh, people really feel seen and known when they feel welcomed and like a, a circle is, is safe for them to do that. Um, questions are powerful because they invite participation and 
um, for other people to share their perspective. Um, questions are also powerful because they provoke uh, new thoughts and challenge old ways of thinking with new ones. They provoke new thoughts and challenge old ways. Uh, oh, I went, well, we'll get to number three here in a second. Um, I was trying to think through some of the best questions that I've been asked in my life um, for this second point specifically. And um, I think uh, it's, it works well that they were um, follow-up questions because we are going to talk about that here in a second. But, um, you know, I have a really close friend who he was listening really well. It was, it was just me and him. And I was sharing through uh, or, you know, sharing some things I was struggling with. Um, and things that like I've deeply held onto for a long time. Um, and then he was just able through, through a few follow-up questions, like, uh, one, he, he noticed something. He's like, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but Dylan is believing it is true. (laughs) And then he was able to say, just tell me more about that. So, which then caused me to stop, you know, me racing down this, this trail that's so well paved out in my mind to stop and to say, okay, where, where does this even begin? And to take take a step back. And then, uh, I was like, okay, in my mind, I'm, I'm working through this. And he asked me another follow-up question, like what, where, or what do you mean by that? And it ha- forces me to even take another, uh, step back to be like, okay, wh- where, where is all of this sourced from? And it really was such a powerful conversation. Cause I came to a place of like, man, I, I have these things that I hold on to that I've, I deeply believe about God and myself, but they're not informed by scripture. And they're things that have just been so long held in my mind and heart that this is, this is what I think is true and it's what I've accepted is true. But it took somebody who, who listened well and just asked these questions that allowed me to make these, uh, these discoveries on my own to be like, man, there's, there's more happening here than I realize. And uh, it took questions to be able to do that. And so I think a lot of times in groups, you know, the trap is uh, when we're leading a group, we feel like we have to say everything and that we're just giving the answers out to people. Um, And especially when there's silence, it's like, well, I've got a list of things to talk through. And so I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, Or we we want to see change. Like that's what we're doing in helping people find and follow Jesus. We're wanting to help them, uh, grow and transform and be, be renewed and live in this new life that Jesus invites us into. And I think sometimes what we do is just say, I see you living this way. You should stop doing that. And then you should start doing this. (laughs) And we're just telling people what the answer is. And nobody wants to, to be told what to do. (laughs) That is not an effective way of bringing about change and transformation. And so when you think of, you know, this continuum, um, I should have made a slide for this. I'm sorry that I didn't. But this, there's this continuum of uh, what I, well, first off, I think it, it's so true that um, what we believe is going to be shown in how we behave. And so if we really want to see people change, uh, their lives change and following after Jesus and living in this newness of life that he offers to us, we first have to, instead of just the behavior, bring it back to where, where are the thoughts at that are driving that? Because it's, the continuum starts with thoughts, which then leads to convictions, which leads to deeply formed beliefs, which then is 
going to be shown in how we live. And so when we ask good questions, we're not, we're not starting uh, at the end of the spectrum, but we're coming back to the very beginning and saying, where, where does this thought start? And that, that's where the, the power of, of question comes in because it helps us get in touch with where are these thoughts beginning at? And then from there, we can introduce truth or new ideas that then will eventually uh, impact what we're convicted of, what we really believe, then to how we, how we live. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, our, our questions are, are powerful because they can provoke new thoughts in, in different ways of thinking. Um, and then the third one is they, they promote self, uh, self-learning and discovery. Sorry, I'm just trying to be aware of the time because I'm sharing with <laughs> Suzanne. <laughs> um, and I'll just, I'll just end on this one. I think this is, this is such a good one. Um, because um, it's really closely related to the, the second one. Um, but we questions help us come to these realizations on our own, which I think is so such a key part in the learning process. Uh, because when we are able to make that self-discovery, um, then it's real. And we, we can own that. And it's not just because, well, so-and-so told me this, and I'm holding on to what they say, but it's, um, man, this was a discovery that uh, was enlightened within me, and and I'm like this. This was mine, <laughs> an experience that I had, and you know, this was just something that was true yesterday for uh, me and my wife Molly. We were driving to IKEA, and the whole way I'm just like, I don't know what I was feeling, but I was feeling something so deeply and so confused about what was going on. I just had to tell her, I'm like, I don't know why I feel really tense, and uh, something's happening but I have no idea where it's coming from. And then she was able to start asking some questions that was able to, you know, help me identify uh, what was going on. And the beautiful thing about this, and uh, man, there's so much could you say. Um, I've been listening to this guy named Kurt Thompson, who's a psychiatrist and has so much um, insight on um physiology, how we're made and designed and the way that interpersonal relationships works within uh, the trans, uh, like a transforming way within us. And he was just saying how sometimes, you know, what we need when we can't identify what's going on with, within ourselves is somebody who's aware enough what's going on in us, um, actively listening to our emotions, our behavior to be able to say, what, what, what's going on there? To then have a follow-up question that and in, in, in this is the profound thing that it, um, in somebody else asking a question, it invites you into places in your mind and heart that it's, it's hard for you to get to by yourself. And so through somebody else asking a question, they're inviting me to deeper places or to, to spots in me that I can't get to because of my own tendencies or my own, my own thought processes. And the beautiful thing is like they come in that space with you. And so you're not alone. <laughs> and so you're able to have these new ways of thinking um, and transformation in the presence of somebody else through the, the power of question. Um, so that's why we believe questions are powerful, uh, or there's a lot of reasons for that. But, and I would love to talk more about that, but I can't because Suzanne, uh, it, no, I, you're not the bad guy. I'm the bad guy for starting late. Um, but yeah, I, I will end there because uh, what Suzanne has to say is really practical and very helpful for uh, 
follow-up questions as well. So welcome, Suzanne. That was your point. Great questions will always be one of the, your best tools to utilize as you guide transformational conversations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna go back for just a second. Hi guys, I am Suzanne Martin and I am so excited to be with you today. I have had the privilege of working with groups for a few years now and I am always learning. Um, I have to tell you one of my most embarrassing stories about leading a group. I did not share this with my group before. I have lots of embarrassing stories, in case you're wondering. Um, but my husband and I were leading a couples group, and we finished the first night. So everybody was new to each other. This was a new campus, and everything was new. And he asked the questions. He was leading this study. He would ask the questions, and there were crickets in the room. Crickets killing me so I would start talking and every you know and then the conversation would take off and people would talk and it was really good so we, we closed the front door at, at the end and I looked at him I said what do you think he goes you answered every question that I ask I was like no I didn't he goes yeah you did and I said yeah but everybody started talking after I talked he goes was that really the point or were we supposed to let him sit a little bit don't you say in training you need to be comfortable with awkward silence uh, okay, you're right. I do. And I wasn't. Um, so Lindsay talked about this before. We're hit it again like that, becoming comfortable with the silence. And uh, we're working through principles that take practice and it takes time. And so when you get in the, your next conversation, whether it's in a group or around your table and you walk away and go, oh, I didn't do that well. One, welcome to my club. Um, two, this takes time. And it can be tiring, and it can, like, you'd be like, I'm not ready to go into this. So what Lindsay said about prayer is so important because we don't get our strength from ourselves. We get our strengths from the Lord and his spirit in us and in our groups. And so I just want to reiterate that when you are doing this and you are like, hey, I learned this and I want to do this well, grace. Grace to you because it's important stuff, but it does take practice. So you can practice we're going to practice again in just a few minutes. You can practice at lunch in conversation. You can practice at dinner, whoever you're having dinner with. Practice at work. Like, take your time and practice because you are not going to get this right away. We're still learning, and we do it all the time. So I can have a really bad day and really miss my kids at dinner, you know? Like, so grace upon grace, this is a journey that we're in. But questions, follow-up questions can move a conversation along. A good follow-up question can pause you on a topic when you feel like people are not getting it or you feel like people need more time to process. So pausing a conversation and sitting in something for a few minutes is really powerful when you're in a group setting. So I, I, I love research and I love to think about how the brain works. And so there was a Harvard study um, and they did, let's see, across three studies of hundreds of live one-on-one -on -one conversations, five researchers identified a robust and consistent relationship between question asking and liking. People who ask questions, particularly follow-up questions, are better liked. They're considered to be openers. You're, opening the, you're helping open the person up, open them up to learning, open them up to themselves, opening up to the gospel, 
in our situations, in our settings, we're opening ourselves up to understand the truth of the Bible. So this is significant because our intrinsic desire to be liked by others also influences our willingness to include and accept others. We can promote belonging in our groups. We simply promote thoughtful, open-ended questions, okay? So it never hurts to have Harvard back you up. (laughs) The age-old wisdom. It is more important to be interested than to be interesting. There are several ways that conversations come about in in our groups. Lindsay talked about the tone of the group. We've talked about making sure people feel safe to be vulnerable. People will mirror your vulnerability as the leader. Wherever you're vulnerable, they'll match it. If you can't get there, which is okay, they're not going to go there either. More than likely, that's the level at which your group will stay. So um, one theory of asking questions in rhythm we want to talk about rhythm of questions, like how often do you do follow-up questions? Where do you do follow-up questions? Ask two questions and then respond. Because I got a call that said, hey, I have plans for the weekend. This is what I'm doing. It's my oldest son. And I'm like, well, why? Why am I just hearing about this? You can't do that. How, what is that going to be? Now, granted, he doesn't even live with us anymore. <laughs> He's on his own. I could say, what are your plans? Who's going? What are you guys going to do? What do you think is going to happen? Like what, you know, but my brain jumped to, I didn't know about this. Why didn't you tell me? <clears throat> I didn't need to know. I had no need to know what he was doing. It's a gift for me to know, but I have to engage in the questions to get there with him. So let me grab some water. Okay, so there are two types of questions. Campbell talked about it just a few minutes ago. Um, There are open-ended questions. Think of your hand as open, letting things flow through it. And there are closed-ended questions. So closed-ended questions are usually yes or no answers. They are um, leading questions. If you are watching or you're in court and they say, did you eat the last piece of chocolate cake? You have to answer yes or no. If you're in your family and you say, how are we out of cake? It's a lot better question to ask then. You're gonna get a little bit more honesty out of them, more understanding of what happened. Can you tell I live in a house with three teenage boys? It happens. Um, Okay, so one-word answers are not conversation starters. That's why, like in a setting at times, you need to get the facts. We need to know, yes, Jesus, did Jesus rise from the dead? Yes. Now, the impact of the resurrection, how, how did that change our life? How did that change life for the disciples? How did that impact the community at the time? Those questions are totally different conversation than, yes, Jesus rose from the dead. We're so grateful that he did. There's nothing wrong with a yes, no question in the right place. And a open, a closed-ended question is needed at times. So an open-ended question is, let me, let me go back and give you some words there. So closed-ended questions start with things like, do you like chocolate cake? 
Does chocolate cake, <laughs> yes. Does chocolate cake um, work as a dessert for tonight? Yes or no? I mean, like one word answers. Now why, you know, it's really interesting. As I was unpacking good questions and follow-up questions, it was really interesting to me that some people think why is a bad question starter, and some people think why is a great question starter. And I think in our context, in a group, there are many times we need to stop and give time to think about the why. So why, why would this be important for us? Dylan, in your story, where was, why was I feeling tense? What was that going on? The why is a good word, and it's a good question. Um, open-ended questions encourage us. They um, can stop a person in their tracks, which sometimes in a conversation when we're understanding a passage of Scripture, we really need to stop, we need to pause, we need to think, and we need to reflect. Now, here's the hard part, and this is part of us as being facilitators. When you ask an open-ended question, you are giving control to the speaker that you have just asked the question. You're giving control to the group at that moment, to the table at that moment. And that's important because we're facilitating. If you're in an academy teaching environment, it's a little bit different at times. There are times and places that that's different. But for the most part, we really want to go with and be uncomfortable with things that are unscripted. And now that feels hard. Um, I know it feels hard for me. <laughs> um, but open-ended questions... Start with how. How was the chocolate cake that you ate the last piece of? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> what did you think when you encountered the last piece of chocolate cake? But, I mean, the reality is this. You're seeking clarity. That is the goal of a follow-up question. You want to provide space for people to think Many times we just want to sit in silence. Well, we really don't want to sit in silence. But it's really important. Did you know that listen and silent have the same letters, just in a different order? So I really think as we kind of look at what this is going to look like in our groups, we have to remember these pieces that when you're actively listening, you are being silent. When you are asking a question that you need people to answer, you sit in si we sit in silence, and it's okay. It doesn't always feel okay, but that's, you know, that happens. Okay, I wanna just go through a couple of things when follow-up questions are needed. When you sense there is more than the person is giving you, and a lot of times, Lindsay said this, with active listening, and there's a lot of times it's a care. It's a care of the person they're sharing and reflecting on something they're feeling. They have had a hard experience. Um, someone is struggling with the nature of God as father because they have been abused by their father. Like, there are a lot of scenarios where just sitting and being with them and asking more questions is really crucial. There are also times if you sense this, they're still formulating their thoughts. Um, I lead a group of women on Tuesday nights, and it, we're from, we're wide range. We have like half single, half married, from 29 to 62. 
and it's a great group of women. And a lot of times you can't rush in a group. And I know we're watching the clock and we want to be mindful of people's time, but a lot of the transformation happens when we sit together and have the conversation. And it's like Lindsay said that the one person in her group that helped set the culture by saying thank you, sitting with the people in your group and creating the culture to listen and then ask again another follow-up question allows learning to happen. It allows us to embrace the things that we have not known or we don't know about God. So those are just some really good things. So we're going to practice a couple scenarios, okay? And as we do this, you're going to be at your table. You're going to pair up with somebody at your table. So one person is going to say the statement, and then you guys are going to ask some follow-up questions of them, okay? So in just a second, Dylan's going to lead us through the first one, and he's going to read the statement, but you're going to pair up with somebody at your table and take a couple minutes to ask a couple follow-up questions, and then we're going to come back together and debrief that. Does that make sense? Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. So uh, these two examples are going to be um, like what happens when you come across someone in your group who says something that's like not quite right <laughs> or um, – you know, or not you know, an incorrect doctrine or something that we, we don't believe. Um, but instead of just like saying you're wrong, what's, what's a good way to practice through uh, having a conversation with them? So this scenario is someone says, I believe you must do good things in order to be saved. God only rewards those who work hard and do good. That is our prompt. So one of you can take the role of, uh, saying that statement and then the other, how would you use follow-up questions or what would be follow-up questions you could use to dig further into a statement like that? And we'll do that for a couple of minutes. Okay, so we're going to, uh, if you are a football fan, um, you know, it's kickoff, kickoff weekend for NFL. We're going to Monday morning quarterback this situation where you can just like go back and do a replay. Uh, you know, so it's like, okay, what was the, uh, we'll debrief this all together. But what was the best question asked? Um, what was a hard question asked? What do you wish you would have asked? Um, and we'll, we'll just open it up. We'll take a couple minutes and we'll debrief this together. Was there a good question that was asked in between uh, or within your group, though? Why do you believe that? Yep. Yes. Yeah, I think that's such a good one to be able to, because I feel like usually there is some sort of something that's happened. Yeah, that's, I think it's really powerful for them to be able to define the words that they use, like what, what is good, how much is enough, because um, that can really carry the, the conversation along. Yep, uh, it's, I guess it's technically not a question, but I feel like tell me more is like one of the best phrases that you can use in in conversations like this. Anything that was hard or you wish you would have said, we'll see like one or two examples of that and then we'll move on to the next. Oh yeah, yep. She basically, she said uh, that the first question really, it, it was um, just kind of surprising. She asked like, do you have kids? <laughs> and then was able to enter into the conversation from a completely different direction um, an established relationship through that. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's so true. I think where we trip up with this is that 
we are so oftentimes will say things like, well, I'm being loving by saying what's true. And just you totally disregard the person or where they're coming from or their feelings and just state truth to them. And that you're exactly right. Wall goes right up and you, you uh, might lose that connection or the ability to share truth. Um, and I think, you know, to love well is, is not to just let them like believe whatever they want, but dig into it and let them share where they're at and where they come from and establish that connection so that you can share truth in love, um, but like not disregarding loving the person. I would say, um, one, I would pause and say, that's a great question. Like when somebody asks me a question and I need a second to think, I will say, hey, that's a great question. But then I want to come back with an question, another question back. So sometimes it's asking a question back to them instead of giving your response. It's, it's, and this is true too, Kyle, like it's a ask two questions and then respond, even with the serious nature of this. Like I started with chocolate cake just to kind of make it simple. But when we get here, it's really important that we still ask questions and then you can, we can respond. Like ask questions like when you say all of the people, how did you get to that n- number? Like, how do, why would you think it, it, how do you think it is so many people? Um, so just to keep the, conver- keep the conversation going, to give you a, a, one, it gives you time to think, but it also gives you time to just sit with it for just a minute. Does that make sense? Well, if you didn't all hear what Kathy said, she said, thank them for the question and ask the group the question. And that is so good um, because, is that, did I, I'm shortening it a lot, but, but there's somebody else in the group that may have an answer or a scripture that might lovingly come to them with the answer that is needed at the moment. So it is asking another question, thanking them for the question and encouraging the conversation to continue. There, yes, there are people in the group that have the same thought, that have either, they might have a, a thought that's not biblical, or they might have a thought that they haven't expressed before, and they don't even realize they think it. Yes. Carol, what Carol was saying, if you could not hear her, is that she was saying it's really good to unpack where they're coming from. Tell me more. Because if they're coming from Scripture, and they're, they're, they've just taken it a little bit off, but it's still script, you know, faith without works is dead. So I got to be good enough to make it there. Um, but if you, you're not wanting to just say, well, you're wrong because that's going to stop them sharing with you. That's going to, that close, that no, you're wrong. Don't, don't think that way. Stops the conversation, stops the growth. It stops the opportunity for transformation to take place. So Carol, I love that because it does, you can praise them for knowing the scripture and encourage them and say, hey, go, let's go a little bit further with that. Have you read, you know, like keep going with them. Does that make sense? Okay, time-wise, we're going to do this one last scenario. So go back to your partner and trade. You get to be the statement, and they get to ask your questions. Remember, question, question, response. I know these are heavy, guys. Um, Truth is relative. You have your truth, and I have mine. Hey, guys, I... You could talk for a long time, and I want you to talk, and I want you to practice, but I also want to get you to lunch, because I know lunch is our next thing. So I'm going to ask you to pause where you are, and let us debrief this just for a minute. Okay, 
what was what was the best question you heard? <laughs> Having breakfast with. Okay, I want to. I, I love that that's where you went. And here's something I want to say clearly. And, and Dylan and I talked about this. And we've talked about this as a team. As the leader, you do not always have to have the answer on the spot. There is a time to say, thank you for what you have just shared. This is really important. And we need to talk a little bit more about that. I think we as a group need to think a little bit more about that. Let's all do some research and lead them into a more conversation to come back to the issue. I said before, questions can pause a conversation. They can make a conversation flow or they can pause it. Sometimes you need to pause it and stop and take a break and go do research and come back to it. So yes, go have breakfast with somebody. But like, what does it mean to stop and be okay with not having all the ways to come about where you want to go? So what Karen, yeah, Karen, I so appreciate what you're saying. She's saying like, if you're in a conversation, if, if I'm in a conversation as a woman with a man, maybe I need to have another man with me to have this whole conversation happen, to truly hear well, for us to be heard, to listen well. And then if you are a man and you're, you're talking with a woman, it might be helpful to have another woman present just to help, uh, sometimes in the translation. Uh, God did make us unique and different, and um, it, we are wonderfully made, and sometimes we need, to help, we need help understanding each other. So, right. So what, what Kathy was saying, for those that are, are listening, it, it is a, Kathy, thank you for that. It is, there's, they're going to come to an end real quickly. If you just keep them talking, they'll come to ends of where it doesn't work. And so it is important to keep going just a little bit. The statement is as limited as we are. Mm-hmm. Yes, and God is not. Yes. Anything, what was a bad question? <laughs> How could you believe something that stupid? I so appreciate that one. Okay, so, uh, yes. Right, I, yeah, so the question is, I want to ask, what is your truth? But if I ask that, that puts them on the defensive really quickly. So how do we go about, so that's a good one not to ask because you want to keep them engaged. So, yes. Okay, Um I want to, at this point, guys, we could talk a long time, and we're going to have some more time to kind of talk through what your takeaways are, what you have learned at lunch. So let's, um, so when, in just a minute, we are going to break for lunch, but I want to say this. Um, We are so grateful to have you all here this morning. Thank you for giving up your Saturday morning. Thank you for coming. Thank you for um, sitting and engaging with us as we will continue to have um, equipping leaders times. Um, I'm grateful for all of you because you all have truly engaged in a conversation this morning that I hope is transformational. And I hope it's one that as you engage with your table, with your group, with your family, with the people at work, um, things come back to mind to help you really practice. When, it come, when, it's, when is a follow-up question needed? When is an open-ended question needed? Um, you guys have engaged. And this is the thing that this does. We all want to belong. We all want to be known and known by our Savior. And so when we have conversations and continue unpacking what we think and we pause and reflect, we are giving people a chance to feel like they belong 
that they are known, that they are valued by their creator because we all bear the image of God. And this is a journey of transformation that we are all on and we all need to be encouraged to continue to pursue it. So thank you for coming. Thank you for pursuing. We're going to spend the next time you're going to eat lunch with these groups. So if you are next gen, you're going to go out to the east lobby to your left and there you're going to get lunch and come and sit on this side of the room. To, to my left, your right. If you are with Academy or Flourish, you're going to get lunch and come sit on this end of the room. And if you are a community group leader, um, Lindsay and I are going to, we're going to get lunch and we're going to go down the hallway to W8. And if you are from Matthews and you're not sure where down the hallway is, we will help you. I promise. <laughs> so um, may I pray for us for lunch and just, we'll get, go on. Yes.